Hey there, it's Gary Parish. It's Wednesday, April 11, 2018. Welcome back to the Ion College Basketball Podcast. Got Matt Norlander here with me, and I suppose we will start with the biggest college basketball story of the week, and that's that Kansas and NC State have now been roped into the ongoing FBI investigation into corruption in the sport. It was announced Tuesday that Federal prosecutors have filed additional counts against former Adidas executive Jim Gatto, who is accused of making illegal payments to ensure at least two players went to Kansas and one player went to NC State. The KU players are believed to be uh, Billy Preston and Silvio de Sousa, the latter of whom played throughout KU's run to the 2018 Final Four. The NC State player um, is believed to be Mavericks rookie Dennis Smith. Preston's mother allegedly received approximately at least $90,000 for Preston to enroll at Kansas. DeSouza's guardian allegedly received at least $20,000 to enroll him at Kansas. Obviously, this is not good for KU, but I'll let you weigh in first, Norlander. How bad is this for Kansas, for Bill Self, for the Jayhawks' 2018 Final Four banner? Yeah, this. <laughs> I, th- I think it is potentially, if you are someone that cares about Final Four uh, banners being taken down and that being vacated from the record books, then this is bad because going off of what the FBI and the federal government's indictment reads, it is easy to discern. And the conclusion to draw basically is that if Silvio Sousa was paid, uh, this is basic stuff here. If he was paid to attend Kansas and that can be proven at the NCAA level, let alone forget about the federal level and all that stuff, um, and D'Souza and his guardian, they're not targets of this. They uh, like they may be vulnerable right now, but they are not they are not caught in the crosshairs of potentially facing trial or anything like that. Well, we have to uh, emphasize that at this stage. But if he was if he or his family was paid, even if no one on Kansas knew, if if none of the assistants, if Bill Self never knew, that's obviously in violation of NCAA rules, and and that Final Four could eventually be taken down, and. I, GP, I got a thousand thoughts on this, but I'll try and I'll try and remain focused. Um, there's a hundred ways we can go with this. The one thing I did immediately think about, and we spoke about this briefly when we talked on the phone last night. Man, what if this had happened at the Final Four? I mean, it would have been absolute chaos, chaos. It would have taken it would have taken over Sister Jean. It would have taken over Loyola, and I don't know if college basketball is better served or not the fact that it didn't in one way if it had happened at the final four maybe that would have uh, really been the ultimate shockwave that would have brought the most attention possible to the sport and affected even more change but as it as it happens it didn't happen then um i just i can't help but think we just barely missed this the meteor just missed striking the earth right during the final four and instead now this obviously occupies our time and our attention uh right as the offseason begins uh is in its infancy essentially I would have looked for it to happen at the Final Four. Like, I'm here for the drama. So um, if if this development was going to be a development, you know, at, at one point or another, no matter what, uh, having it drop at the Final Four would have been incredible theater. Having the Kansas Jayhawks at the Final Four dealing with uh, these allegations. I think you and I are mostly on the same page here. Um, I've had a lot of Kansas fans try to explain to me. It, it's funny how twisted up logically people can get when it is their own school you know uh you know uh, the target uh, of this type of thing uh, i've had tons of kansas fans try to explain to me that you know the, the kansas is a victim here kansas is only a victim here because that's the way the u.s attorney's office has to frame this 
to actually make this a federal crime, what happened. Uh, but in for, for practical purposes, nobody actually thinks Kansas is a is a victim here. Kansas, in, in normal terms, um, viewed through the, the prism of college athletics, Kansas benefited from um, a shoe company buying it players, allegedly. Um, and, and so for whatever happens at the federal level is going to happen at the federal level. From the NCAA's perspective, this seems pretty clear cut. If it is proven that DeSouza's guardian was compensated you know, to, to have him enroll at Kansas, like that is a major violation. He, I would assume, would be ruled retroactively ineligible. And yeah, Kansas would have to vacate every game that he played in. Um, you, you know, obviously with the NCAA, you never know. They can just choose to ignore things if they want to. Um, they can rule inconsistently. They've done it for decades. But, um, I, you know, I'll go back to the Marcus Camby case in, in UMass. Um, nobody at UMass was um, uh, alleged to have done any wrongdoing, and there was no knowledge of the violations. But Marcus Camby accepted impermissible benefits from an agent. Um, that they ruled him retroactively ineligible. That's why UMass does not have a 1996 Final Four banner. And I know it's not apples to apples, but it's it's something close to something close. Um, if DeSouza is found to have, or somebody connected to him, which would be his guardian, that's what the um, U.S. Attorney's Office alleges, um, if they were compensated to have him go to Kansas like that, I don't see, once the NCAA rules on this, and who knows when that would be, I don't see how the 2018 Final Four banner stands. I I agree with you. That's I think the only fair logical thing we can we can come to at this point, and we'll also uh, bring into the picture the fact that Billy Preston never wound up playing for Kansas this season, and that was originally the case because of an, an issue with a car, and that got tangled up in. Uh, just to use some some you know lazy parlance in Kansas's own courts for a while before he eventually just bailed to go play in Bosnia. Um, but uh, ESPN reported that Preston is the other player in uh, the indictment who isn't specifically named. Um, uh, you know, this is it's an interesting thing here because you've got such a massive player in the sport like Kansas as a player in general and you've got the, the shoe company and Bill Self and they had their damn banquet by the way did you see that I assume you did right the, like this news comes out like an hour and a half before the Kansas team banquet on Tuesday night and so Bill Self was questioned about this later on Tuesday and he handled it he handled it fairly well uh, he said he hadn't read everything but it's it's not it's not a surprise, as you wrote in your column, Parrish, that it that we've reached this point with Kansas. It's just not a good look either. I mean, speaking bluntly, even if none of the Kansas coaches, Self or his assistants, uh, knew of this, were party to it in any way, it's still you can't get past the fact that Kansas is looped into the situation because, according to the FBI. You know, you had a player's guardian uh, with his handout, and the guardian, by the way, went on the record and said, I didn't receive any money. He told Gary Bedore of the Kansas City Star that on Tuesday night. But the the FBI is using this case through evidence they have on wiretap, among other things. Like, we have to keep in mind just how much the FBI has to hold itself accountable for. 
before it even brings things to this level, before things even get to this point. So I just I think it's a bad look for Kansas and Self. And I think that even if they, you know, Self or any of his assistants are, are never found guilty of anything, um, the fact that your name is dragged into this case with the FBI it's just something that, that sort of sticks to you. Now, Kansas fans could argue that's completely unfair, and I get all of that, but when you've got two players that were involved in this kind of situation and this is the nature of how certain people at shoe companies can act, coaches are aware that these things do happen and can't happen. Like That's the other part of this. Like Bill Self can't go on the record, Parrish, and say – Hell, I've known for years that that you know my rivals and they always interact like this. Because when you say that, then you are opening yourself up to the uh, the great unspoken, the thing that everyone knows is common knowledge. Like these coaches understand how this works. You do not get to be Bill Self. You do not get to be that successful. You don't get to be a top fifty coach in the sport, a top twenty coach in the sport, or self, in my opinion, a top five coach in the sport without understanding how so many of these things work in college basketball, above board and below board. You agree? One hundred percent. I mean, it's the way I started the column um, was and I don't want to speak for you. So you you tell me if if this jibes with with the way the past several months have unfolded from from your perspective. But I, I explained that, like when it became known that two Adidas executives were arrested, charged with federal crimes and they had allegedly orchestrated a payment um, to get one hundred thousand dollars to the family of a five-star prospect, Brian Bowen, so that he would go to an Adidas school, uh, specifically Louisville. I didn't have a single coach in the country say, oh, can you believe Adidas did that? Or can you believe Louisville got a player because Adidas, you know, funneling there? The, the question I got consistently, literally more than any other question connected to this is, how is Kansas not roped into this yet? How is Because the assumption in basketball circles, and I, I use that word, uh, intentionally assumption uh, in, in basketball circles was if Adidas is out there buying players for Louisville, which it reportedly was allegedly was then. Yeah, it, it was, it was working for Kansas because Kansas is the big Adidas school. I had, I, I can't even remember how many coaches say I, the only thing I'm shocked by is Kansas hasn't been roped into this yet. And so I guess I, I, I'd hand it back to you by saying this, um, whether anybody's going to be able to prove that a Kansas coach was involved in this, who knows? We'll see. Or was even aware of this. Who knows? We'll see. But, I mean, let's just use common sense here. If other coaches around the country think that Adidas is, is buying you players, how would you not think that Adidas is buying you players? If you are in the dark on this, as a Kansas coach, you are like – with a you have put a blindfold on and and put earplugs in and you are just intentionally keeping yourself completely in the dark which um i don't know i I, i'd find that hard to believe yeah and that's you know we're speaking freely here obviously but this is not this is not out of school and even like rick patino went on the dan patrick show last week and he continues to speak publicly about his case and all that stuff but uh, Dan Patrick asked Rick Pitino, would you believe you if, if this was not happening to you and this was another coach and you see everything that's been attached to you, like, Rick, you're saying that you're innocent and, and, and you were not party to any of this stuff. But if it wasn't you, if it was someone else and Pitino said, no, I wouldn't believe me, which is obviously the response. And 
with the response that, uh, frankly, I was uh, it was refreshing to hear Rick say that because I'm not I wasn't convinced before he answered the question. That's how he was going to say it. Um, but the same could be applied here with Kansas and certainly other schools as well. Just it's impossible for me to believe that Kansas fans know what what you know. Generally speaking, what the feeling was not not that like Kansas is some renegade program. That's not what we're getting at here. We're talking about specifically the fact that Adidas was helping to steer in certain situations certain players to get to Kansas. Now, what the FBI has uncovered is potentially and through again through such rigorous evidence that this was actually happening there, and that is why I think it just it puts a ding on Bill Self's reputation, even if he didn't have anything to do with this um i i wonder what will happen next in terms of kansas parish uh you know when will we get another statement when will bill self speak to this again when will silvio de Sousa leave the school i don't see how he stays on at this point i mean i just don't see how that's feasible um and we are now out of season by the way if this had happened the friday before the final four does DeSouza play? Is it a DeAndre Ayton situation where they're like, hey, we did not get paid. We are putting you on. I'm playing, and they put him on the floor, or would he have not played? I, I'm fascinated to think about what would have happened there and really how this would have played out if this news had simply come out two weeks ago to the day. Um, really intriguing alternate universe there. Uh, but overall, and I, you know, if you want to speak to any of that, you can. But Parrish, the other thing I'll say is this. What's amazing to me is we've only had two days where the FBI has done what it's done. This story has existed and been one of the most intriguing stories and really a story that's that has faded to the background at points when the season was happening. But it was still always there was, you know, there was this general like, hey, what's the latest? What are you hearing? And yet there's only been two days as far as the FBI is concerned where it's come out with stuff. And that was back, I believe, September 26th when it made, you know, had the press conference with the with the placards or whatever they put on the easels and and all of that the the big the big dog and pony show and then other reports came out with some other stuff but that wasn't the FBI's doing and then when we had what we had was Tuesday and it's amazing to me just how much um collateral damage and general noise this this makes as it should but we've only had two Two things on behalf of the federal government happened with this so far, Parrish. I think there's still so much more to go in terms of the lifespan of the case. And I wonder if we will get anything else from the FBI, yes or no, because we got a, uh, a new indictment here, a superseding indictment, but no one knew was charged. New schools were brought in, but no one knew was put in handcuffs on Tuesday and... I just thought it worth it was worth mentioning that while the FBI made a lot of noise with this and we certainly uh, should be reacting appropriately, there aren't any new players involved. And I think the expectation from some was that when the FBI made its next move, there would be at least one more arrest, if not two, three, four, five. And that has not happened. Right. It was just an additional indictment of Jim Gatto not bringing any new player into this, although I do think a new character in the indictment is co-conspirator three, who we do not know that that person has not been identified publicly uh, yet. But um, you're right. DeSouza's guardian has gone on record saying we never took any money and perhaps he's telling the truth, you know, but but the, the FBI doesn't seem to believe that. And, um, you know, according to the indictment, 
it wasn't just money to get him to go to get DeSouza to go to Kansas. It was money be, that they needed to settle a, a previous deal that was allegedly cut with a different shoe company. And uh, you don't have to be an investigative reporter to know that um, DeSouza was connected to Maryland and, and Under Armour. So at least according to what the U.S. Attorney's Office believes in the Southern District of New York, that DeSouza's guardian was on the take from Under Armour and then decided, hey, Lewis, we're going to go to Kansas instead, but we got to settle up with Under Armour before we can go to Kansas. That's the way you read that, right? Yeah, it perish. And that's what's – listen, that's just a fascinating uh, piece of collateral damage with this story here. I mean, it's easy. It's way too easy to connect the dots. I mean, the, the indictment reads that um, – that there was a, a prospect that committed on uh, August 30th of 2017 to Kansas. The only player that applies to is DeSouza, who committed on August 30th. Um, and prior to that commitment, every every prognosticator at 247 Sports, both the guys who cover Maryland locally and the national recruiting guys, like Jerry Meyer, all had Maryland. Okay, And then DeSouza goes to Kansas. And if you read the indictment, I'll read you just let me read you real quick here, because this is to me, this is it's intriguing because it it pulls Under Armour into this. But the, the company isn't entangled in this to the point where Adidas is at this point and Maryland could have found itself in the same situation Kansas is now in because by just merely with DeSouza being connected to going to Maryland and Under Armour obviously being a Maryland school and obviously Maryland's like the biggest Under Armour school um, given that's uh, its CEO's uh, Kevin Plank's alma mater and all that. They're not connected to the case explicitly, but this is, again, it's just you step back and you're like, okay, yeah, now this is why we're in this situation to begin with because you have shoe company representatives trying to steer certain players to certain schools so that when they can turn professional they can sign a contract to stay with those certain schools. Let me just read the indictment real quick, certain part of it that highlights all this, okay? Because um, there's a lot. It says, in around 20, August 2017, Guardian 1 informed CC3, which is the co-conspirator, uh, unidentified, that Guardian 1 had received illicit payments in return for a commitment to steer the student-athlete to a university sponsored by a rival athletic apparel company. According to Guardian 1, the student-athlete was more interested in attending the University of Kansas, but Guardian 1 would need to repay the illicit payments in order to do so. Those are the federal government's uh, findings and writings. So he, what we have there is presumably DeSouza's guardian having taken money from Under Armour to get him to go to Maryland. Meanwhile, DeSouza genuinely wants to go and attend Kansas. So it continues. Uh, CC3 informed Guardian 1 in substance that CC3 and Company 1, Company 1 is Adidas, would be willing to make payments to Guardian 1 to help secure the student-athlete's commitment to attend the University of Kansas. CC3 subsequently confirmed with James Gatto, the defendant, that Gatto would approve of such payments and cause Company 1 to fund them. Then he commits, DeSouza does, and then here's one more key graph. On or about September 11th, 2017, so to put that uh, timeline in your mind, that's just over two weeks before we even learned of this entire thing. So this, w this would have been one of the final things as the government is building its case, and potentially why we didn't know about this sooner, because it was happening so late into the process that they 
just needed more before they could uh, disclose it publicly, as they did finally on Tuesday and not back in September. It reads, on or about September 11, 2017, CC3 spoke with Gatto by phone. During the call, CC3 informed Gatto that CC3 would need to make another $20,000 payment to Guardian One as part of the scheme described above and, in particular, to help get the student-athlete, quote, out from under, end quote, the deal to attend the school sponsored by the rival athletic apparel company, Gatto and CC3 proceeded to discuss how Gatto and Company One would reimburse CC3 for the payment. Um, listening to all that back, maybe you got to rewind the podcast just to hear me say it all again. But this is basically spelling out for you how someone presumably working for Under Armour was trying to get D'Souza to, to play for Maryland. D'Souza didn't want it. And then there was a debit to be owed, and Adidas basically said, okay, we're willing to – we're willing to do this. Gatto, according to the feds, was said, okay, we'll get it done one way or another. It's fascinating to me. Maryland's not connected to this in any way except for this investigation. By proxy has uncovered what Under Armour was doing. Again, what perish, what people talk about so casually behind the scenes, off the record in our sport. All the shoe companies are involved in this one way or the other. Well, here we actually have a federal investigation with phone conversations caught on wiretap explicitly discussing Hey, Maryland wants this guy, and the kid wants to go to Kansas, so we got to get him out of that. We're going to have to pay the Guardian so he can pay back whomever he is o- he owes on the Maryland and Under Armour side. Super intriguing to me, and is is really just exposing a lot of how college basketball has worked, for better or for worse, for decades. And you know, I I think we've spoken about this before, but this was almost considered just acceptable behavior when it came to recruiting. I I talked about this with somebody yesterday. You know, when when college coaches talk about cheating, what what they usually mean is like, you know, an assistant coach, you know, dropping off fifteen thousand dollars cash to a mom or you know, a, a summer, you know, a summer coach or, or somebody to, to secure a prospect. They'd go, basically everybody agrees that's wrong. But like Under Armour working for Maryland is just sort of considered, yeah, that's just, that's just the way that works. Or Nike working for any of the big Nike schools, people are like, yeah, you know, he's a Nike kid and, you know, Nike had their fingers on that kid. So we lost him to this Nike school or that Nike school. And Adidas working for Adidas schools. Like it was almost clearly in violation of NCAA rules and at least according to the US attorney's office in violation of 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 federal crime of federal law but it was just the way things got done in college basketball like i i never really heard a coach complain that they lost a kid to a they lost a nike kid to a nike school or they lost an Adidas kid to an Adidas school, or they lost an Under Armour's kid to an Under Armour school. It was just like, yeah, well, that's the way that works. And um, and so now that this has all been brought to the forefront of, of the conversation about corruption in the sport, um, you know, it, it's clear that, that that shoe companies have, have played a major role, and I think a major role for a long time, and I think a major role for a long time with with more schools than have currently been looped in so far right now we're talking about kansas and louisville and nc state um but i promise you there's there's several other schools that have enrolled prospects because a shoe company um financially uh helped them do it. it this is not the this is not the whole list it's not even close to it 
Yeah, I absolutely agree with that. Um, I want to point out for the listeners that this whole thing, I mean, it's just going to take a long time for everything to shake out. I mean, one the, the Gatto trial, I believe, starts in October of this year, and then the other trials with the assistant coaches – and and some of the other characters in the story, the guys who have been charged, that's not even until next year. One of them, I think, is like not even – it's more than a year away. Like it's April of 2019. So in terms of resolution for a lot of this stuff, we're a ways off. And what we still don't know is when the FBI is basically going to allow the NCAA to finally step in and handle all of this <laughs> – and there are, I mean, Paris, there are so many different, we can't, po- we couldn't cover all of it on a five-hour podcast right now. Like, we are waiting later this month on the commission that was built by Mark Emmer and that's headed up by Condoleezza Rice to submit to the NCAA, okay, we've, t- we've spent the past six months looking at the sport. Here are our recommendations for college basketball and the NCAA as a whole, what you can do to tweak, if not fix, the sport. We don't even know if yesterday's news alters what they might have been planning because they're they're approaching the final stages of submitting something. I think it's two weeks from today. We're recording this podcast on April 11th. I think the 25th, maybe it's the 22nd, is when they are going. It's got to be the 25th. 22nd would be a Sunday. Um, when they're going to uh, submit what they're going to submit. So that's a whole other deal altogether. And the question becomes, okay, will the NCAA – look to enforce and make rule changes with what the commission suggests and then levy out punishments for all of these different schools afterward? Will they even have the timeline to do that? We don't even know. So I think sometimes fans will read these stories and think, okay, what's next? You know, a couple of weeks, what what are we going to have? No, no, this is going to be, this will last minimally. Like the entire story, the saga, us talking about it and writing about it, minimally a year and a half. And I honestly could see it drag on two and a half, three years all told, NCAA, all of it. So this is going to be a thing that just exists as part of this, of the coverage of, of college basketball on the whole. Um, all right. So let, let's bottom line it, because I do think that there's, there's a handful of different ways this thing could play out. Um, as long as there's convincing evidence that DeSouza's guardian was compensated to send him to Kansas, um, I, I think that's done. I, I, you know, I and, and clearly, at least according to the FBI, they believe that there is convincing evidence of that. Um, I, I'd be surprised if DeSouza ever plays at Kansas again. And then I have no idea, nor does anybody else, when the NCAA will actually start trying to, to, to pick through these, these cases one by one. But ultimately, um, if there is, again, compelling evidence that, that DeSouza's guardian was compensated um, in violation of NCAA rules, I would assume that someday, not tomorrow, not next month, but someday um, Kansas will vacate the 2018 Final Four pa- parents. Kansas will, um, f- for, for uh, official reasons, um, have their streak of Big 12 titles snapped by an FBI investigation. Do you agree or oh. disagree with me? Uh, <laughs> you know, I hadn't. I read your column, and yet the uh, the Big 12 thing had kind of slipped my mind. Um, that actually could be the case. Yeah, if that if what you laid out winds up being true, I agree with you that that is what is going to happen. Um, so long as the NCAA continues. And I expect that it will. It continues to use the the vacation of 
such accomplishments uh, stricken from the record books, I think that's fair. The, the, I mean, for the purposes of context, you know, the players at Louisville that won the 2013 national title, like they didn't, you know, they got lap dances and prostitutes, but not at the rate of $20,000, which is the number the FBI has attached to DeSouza. So if, if Louisville had to vacate the 2013 national title uh, for that, and if UMass had to vacate its 1996 Final Four because Marcus Camby, with with no, it is not alleged anywhere formally that anybody connected to UMass's coaching staff, athletic department, even boosters, nobody had anything to do with Marcus Camby taking impermissible benefits. The NCAA simply ruled that he did. And when he did, that has to be vacated retroactively. Um, when you just take those two stories and then look at what allegedly happened with D'Souza and you recognize that he played in all those NCAA tournament games, I, I don't see how. If the NCAA has compelling evidence, whenever, um, that that backs up what the FBI has alleged and actually charged Jim Gatto with, then, yeah, I, I think that they end up having to vacate the 2018 uh, Final Four appearance. And then uh, I think the other interesting aspect here is, you know, is, is there ever compelling evidence that anybody on Kansas's staff, Bill Self included, was aware or involved in this? I think if there's no evidence of that, if this is strictly Adidas working to hustle players for Kansas without Kansas's knowledge or involvement, then I think the coaching staff can survive it. Um, I don't know that anybody will ever actually believe that they were just totally in the dark. I mean, again, you don't you don't be you don't become as successful as they've been without understanding how recruiting works. And, um, you know, I, I'll just go back to what I said initially. If basically every coach I've ever talked to about this scandal is asking me for the past five months. So, like, when is the FBI going to bring Kansas into this thing? Because everybody knows Adidas was working for Kansas. Then then the Kansas coaches had to know uh, Adidas was working for Kansas. I, I, it, I don't know that you, anybody will ever be able to prove it, but you, you have to be pretty naive to, to believe otherwise. But they might not actually be able to prove it. And if they can't prove it, then I do think the coaching staff survives. But mm -hmm. if, um, you know, we've already seen Rick Pitino lose his job over this. Um, that's one Hall of Famer. And if there is any evidence via wiretap or ghetto flips, starts cooperating, um, paperwork, whatever, that the coaching staff was aware or involved, then, yeah, I think they got big problems there. Okay. If if you may uh, allow me to, uh, to just hit on NC State real quick, because there is a big distinction between Kansas and NC State. And those are the two big ones, by the way, from this. Miami, the language on Miami is less uh, – impassioned if you will in this tuesday release than from what in september uh that should certainly be noted and then um the louisville stuff that wasn't new so uh, the new stuff was kansas and nc state now here's what the here's what the federal indictment reads gp in regards specifically to nc state the payment described above and this is just real quick this is in regard to dennis smith jr and his payments which by the way don't uh, align with the Yahoo Sports report from February in regard to ASM Sports and affording uh, 
affording Dennis Smith uh, allegedly some money. So that's also intriguing. All right, here's the quote. The payment described above was designed to be concealed, including from the NCAA and officials at North Carolina State University in order for the scheme to succeed and for the student-athlete to receive an athletic scholarship from North Carolina State University. In particular, and as part of the scheme, scheme participants including, among others, James Gatto, the defendant, CC3, Parent 1, and one or more coaches at North Carolina State University made, intended to make, or caused, or intended to cause others to make false certifications to North Carolina State University and the NCAA about the existence of the payments and the known violations of NCAA rules. Kansas doesn't have that in its complaint. It does not have one coach or one or more coaches. NC State does. What coaches? Mark Gottfried, it, he's not specifically identified in this. We don't know if it was him or not. But he just got a head coaching job at Cal State Northridge. And, <laughs> the, you know, that university and his president has already gone on record saying, we vetted Mark, we are confident, he is our coach, this, this, and this. Just something to keep an eye on. I think Cal State Northridge should maybe, you know, send out another memo or statement here, um, either, you know, reemphasizing that or, or potentially something else. But NC State, I guess it's easy not to focus on that university as much because it didn't go to the tournament. It was underwhelming. Dennis Smith was one and done. He's not even at the school anymore. But you've got coaches involved here directly. And had NC State lived up to its potential and been in a, a Sweet 16 team last season, um, I think potentially maybe that part of this story would be getting a little more noise. But this is this is certainly problematic. And to me, um, even though the potential vacating of victories, it, there's not just there's not as much to lose for NC State. Um, if I'm the NCAA, I'm more concerned with this because the FBI uh, is confident enough to put in this document. Uh, and accuse coaches, at least one, if not multiple, at NC State of being uh, party to pay-for-play scheme, whereas that's not the case with Kansas. And if that's still happening in the year, essentially 2017, when this would have been going down, um, you know that you know all all the animals are, already, are out of the barn at that point. And this is really, from an NCAA standpoint and Mark Emmert standpoint, this is kind of your worst nightmare. Like, the idea that coaches can still just kind of flagrantly do this, think they can get away with it, and now this is only getting exposed through FBI investigation. Um, the NC State story to me is far less interesting because at Kansas, you've got a current coaching staff that could get caught up in this. You've got a current player who is caught up in this. And you've got a Final Four banner that could be vacated, a string of Big 12 uh, tournament, I mean, Big 12 championships that might be halted. Um, the stakes are much higher at Kansas. At NC State, the, the coaching staff that was involved there then is no longer there. The player who is at the core of this is no longer there. It doesn't mean that NC State couldn't – oh, and what are they vacating? Like, who cares? Like, I'm sure NC State fans on some um, level would be happy to vacate that entire season. I know, just, I know. <laughs> just, just why? please vacate it for us, NCAA. Wipe it from our uh, record books and memories. Um, so, like, who cares? Um, I mean, I, it doesn't mean that NC State couldn't go on probation or something. And uh, I, I suppose, you know, Kevin Keats could have to deal with you know, some repercussions from that eventually, assuming he's still the head coach there when this is when this all is, is dealt with at the NCAA level. But the stakes are so much lower at NC State than they are at Kansas for the reasons I stated. The one thing that I do find interesting is that the it, the difference here between the Kansas and NC State case is that the FBI is not alleging, at least not at this point, that 
Kansas coaches were aware or involved. But they do make it clear that at least one NC State coach was aware and involved. And you can, I guess, interpret that one of two ways. One way, if you're a Kansas fan, this is the way you probably are. is like, well, that proves that our coaches weren't aware or involved. Um, the other way to look at it is what it does prove is that Jim Gatto wasn't out there just working deals um, in, in the dark without – he was – very clearly comfortable working with coaches who were involved because he was allegedly working with at least one NC State coach. So I think that what that proves is that you you can't really tell the story of, you know, this was just Adidas and they were working in the dark and they wouldn't let coaches know because it clearly, or at least it, it apparently wasn't the case at NC State. And I, I think that is perhaps a small point, but a point worth making. It's. I think it's a relatively big point. And what's also interesting here um, is in the FBI's document, it, it basically says that Dennis Smith got cold feet. Dennis Smith Jr. got cold feet. Didn't want to go to NC State. And it was only after more money was provided from an assistant coach or a head coach, we don't know what kind of coach, that Smith wound up staying on and going to NC State. It's the opposite of what happened with DeSouza, who wanted to go to Kansas and money had to be steered one way or the other, according to the FBI, in order to make sure that he went there instead of Maryland with, with Dennis Smith Jr. I thought, I thought that was just, I thought that was intriguing. Um, just to kind of see how, I guess how close it could have been to not happening. And thousands and thousands of dollars was put in place to make sure I mean, it's, I don't know, it's just, just uh, it's pretty intriguing to me that, that I guess the most cynical way of looking at a lot of these things uh, in regard to sometimes players going to some pl- play for some universities, it's like, oh, they're only there because they're getting paid to or someone's getting paid to. And I think actually that's not the case a lot of the times. I think it's just a nice little bonus. Like, oh, cool. Yeah, no, I'm cool going there. We're going to get paid. Awesome. But in this case specifically, um According to the FBI, you know Dennis Smith Jr. was not all in on on going to NC State, and only after moves were made. I mean, I'll read it to you right now. In and around September 2015, the student athlete publicly committed to North Carolina State University and to play for its men's basketball program beginning in the fall of 2016. Shortly thereafter, and based on concerns that the student athlete might change his mind and select another university, Jim Gatto, the defendant, and CC3, among others, agreed to make a payment to Parent One to ensure that the student athlete remained committed to North Carolina State University. I mean, uh, this if you are cynical about college recruiting, football, basketball, or whatever, that's the kind of stuff that stems from it. Yeah, and listen, I'm not offended by people making money off their athletic ability. I, I understand that there are rules in place, and so um, if you violate those rules and you get caught, there's a price to pay. But I, I, I fundamentally hate the rules. I wish the rules would be changed. But I do think there is something different between, hey, I'm going to school at this place anyway. It's where I want to be. And I'm also being compensated. Yes, in violation of NCAA rules, but whatever. There's a difference between that and a young person going somewhere he does not want to go simply because a family member got money. I I do think that's the – listen, all of this is ugly, but that's the ugliest side of this. You know, When somebody doesn't get to go – attend school at the place they want to attend doesn't get to play for the coach they want to play for doesn't get to play 
you know, at with the people he wants to play with simply because somebody somebody compensated a family member. And so he went there begrudgingly. And that does appear to be the Dennis Smith story, which is unfortunate. Yeah, no, it, it absolutely is. And uh, just part of more of what we of what we learned uh, here on Tuesday. And there's still plenty more to uh, to be decided to, to, to come out, I guess, still. We just don't. I, I think our next step in this story, as it pertains to just the FBI, you know, broad headline, the FBI college basketball scandal and all that, I think will either be. DeSouza leaving Kansas or the commission making its recommendations to the NCAA. I think one of those two things will be what is essentially is the next step taken, uh, barring something else that I'm not seeing on the horizon. I would assume DeSouza is done at Kansas, and and not just because he's going to want to leave, but also like Kansas probably doesn't want him around. I don't know how you clear him with this case still developing to actually compete in college basketball games next season. And also, as long as he's a quote-unquote student athlete at Kansas, he is obligated to speak with the NCAA, to talk to them about what he did and did not know, what he did and did not do. And I don't know if you're Kansas, you want him talking to the NCAA. Um, so um, I would I would assume that he's he's done at Kansas. Although at this moment, like we mentioned, his, his guardian is denying any wrongdoing. So... Um, so we'll see. But I, I, the story's not over. Uh, I think uh, we can all agree on that. Before we get out of here, let me tell you about SeatGeek. Buying tickets online, it can be complicated, but it doesn't have to be with SeatGeek. And that's because what SeatGeek does is search multiple ticket sites for you. That way you know you're getting the best prices, the best seats, the best value every single time. You find what you want. And then you're two clicks away from buying your tickets. It's easy stuff. For instance, Stanley Cup playoffs get underway on Wednesday night. Predators and Avalanche in Nashville starts on Thursday night. So if you're in Tennessee, like I'm in Tennessee, and you want to get tickets, you can go check SeatGeek right now. Now, uh, the tough tickets, they're expensive. So you better have some uh, cash in your pocket. But they are available, and uh, you can get lower-level tickets right now available. Once you identify the ticket you want, it's so easy. You're two clicks away from checking out. And if you're using SeatGeek for the first time, use the promo code COLLEGEBB. That's promo code COLLEGEBB because that's going to get you $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. Promo code COLLEGEBB. Whether you're buying Stanley Cup uh, playoff tickets, Major League Baseball tickets, tickets to concerts, anything, you're using SeatGeek. So if you don't have the app on your phone, get the app on your phone and then use the promo code COLLEGEBB. That's COLLEGEBB, SeatGeek, millions of tickets in one place. You ready to get out of here? Yeah, man. Nice little uh, unexpected pod here, and yeah, we can uh, we can get out of here um, midweek. We'll see what else the week brings. But uh, as a as a side note, um, it was a uh, until the FBI thing, GP. It was you know it was such a crazy busy season, and then it felt good to actually like just you know sort of just take a breath. And <laughs> for a minute there, for a minute there, I was like, all right, we'll just cruising through April here. Maybe get some coaching news, you know, wrap up the coaching stuff. And maybe we will do a podcast with just kind of looking at who's been hired where and all that stuff. But then, but then <laughs> the FBI stuff just out of nowhere. I was like, oh, nope, we're st- the, here, here it is. Yep, okay, this is actually happening right now. And uh, and so no rest for the weary. But ultimately it keeps the it keeps some attention on college basketball, which uh, good or bad, it's it's there nonetheless. And onward we go.
Yeah, I would imagine it's going to be another busy offseason because um, these types of developments, uh, you know, it's an ongoing investigation. Uh, the U.S. Attorney's Office makes that clear every single time. And so, uh, yeah, um, probably not a not a not a quiet uh, April, May, June, July, August, September, so on and so forth. Please go subscribe to the Island College Basketball Podcast via Apple Podcasts if you haven't already done it. Um, if you have, thank you. If you haven't, please go do that. Rate it favorably. Five stars with nice comments. It really does uh, make a difference. I don't have the numbers right in front of me, but the growth year to year of uh, this Ion College Basketball Podcast has been uh, re- really remarkable. It's something that uh, I know uh, Norland and I both take uh, incredible pride in, and obviously uh, we owe it to you guys for being such loyal listeners. So thank you, and if you haven't subscribed, please go do that, and we will talk to you again uh, very, very soon. Shouts to Devin Downey. Shouts to Chester, South Carolina. Shouts to Terry MF and Teagle. Till next time. Take care.